What's up, everybody? Are you in the market for a new steel mace? Look no further than Adex Maces and Clubs. Go to adexclub.com, place your order, and have them delivered right to your house. Adjustable steel mace made right here in the United States. All right, everybody, what's up? Welcome back to the podcast. Today, this podcast starts off with some technical glitches uh, because I'm on with Don at Adex. And um, what happened, Don? We we were just going to do a little phone call, say hello to each other, and then we said, let's just jump over, do a podcast. And here we are. So I have no idea what we're doing today. but, yeah, we had all kinds of issues getting this thing going, and we wound up uh, – you had to use your phone because uh, something is going wrong at Adex HQ where you guys don't have your technology together. But that's okay because we know the one technology that you do have together is your highly sophisticated steel mace. Am yeah. I right? That is, that is correct. That too. <laughs> You got to like start out with that, with the soft intro there, right? That's right. (laughs) Well, I got to run. Let me me bump this guy up a little bit. He'll he'll start talking after he starts smiling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, that's your baby. You're, you're, you've got your steel mace. You got your Uh clubs, right? Adexclub.com. But you got steel mace. You got the arc. Now you got the new uh, fat. You you had fat handles, but now you got even fatter handles. Yeah, the Wildman edition. Oh, yeah, that's gonna be. They're they're gonna be like like they. I've sold a few of them, uh, like as at a drop, and the response was fantastic. That what we did with them, you know, this was in in you know like in conjunction with. Your sound went out. We lost your sound. Technical. Technical issues. So, so there wait a second. I ended up getting a phone call. I gotta, I gotta go into my my settings to shut all this. Off. See, I don't know how to do this stuff. Right. Because Sebastian's not here, and I'm screwing this up right now. This is this is why people like podcasts. All the technical glitches and difficulties Dude, that people I, have. It's so insane right now with with this thing. I can I don't even know what I'm doing. You know. Are you well, still there? Yeah, we hear you. We don't see you though. We, do I got to put it in airplane mode? What do I got to do here? Uh, why you got to be so popular? Why people got to be calling you all the time? Dude, because it brings over here from the business phone. It's insane. I think if I uh, put it on airplane mode, I can do it, right? Yeah, try that. How's that? Uh, you still hear me? Yeah, still hear you. Can you see me? Can't see you. Cannot right, see you. So, so yeah. So back to Mark Wilde. Let's go back right to there. Uh, can you technology. get your video back? Huh? Your video. Start video. It's not there? I don't nah. know what's being I don't know what's being shown. This is insane. All right, so maybe with airplane mode we can't do that. You lost it before you went before you went into there you go. Because well, the phone is. rang. All right. Okay, we got you so now. It says uh it's asking me something. Oh, that's probably me when I was trying to get you to start your video. Okay. You, go ahead, jump back down in your co- cockpit there and in the away. cockpit. Let's yeah. see. We're going to do something here. 
We're going to do this so I can see you and get the feel of what's going on. But then Mace Fest is backwards back there. You know what I mean? No, it's not. It, it's I can read it. Oh, it's reading the right way. Yeah, maybe, maybe right. you're so, maybe you're dyslexic. <laughs> yeah, well, no, on my on my screen it looks back. So anyway, do you want to start all over again, or are we going to go right from here? No, we'll go right from here. You love the realness of this. So okay, yeah. let's jam into it. Mark Wildman asked us to make a club because we he likes the he liked the adjustable feature. He started working with us about a, uh, maybe about fifteen months ago. Uh, you know, and he's a, he's a big trainer. He trains a lot of Hollywood people and he's got a lot of online programming. So we said, sure. And we started working with him. And he liked the fact that we had the one and a quarter pound weights, which everything was kind of conducive, like the way our equipment is. And it was before that. It fell like right into Wildman's training because he liked the, the small progressions of one and a quarter pounds or one and a half pounds. And he had that already in his in his programming. We had made these parts. We didn't really know about Mark Wildman. You know, we he was kind of like out there in the mace world. He kind of really didn't know about us. He just heard about us. And then somehow we started talking. I think it was via our uh, my marketing guy, Carlos, of the Snag Agency. Promoing him right there. If you guys need a good marketer, Carlos Salinas, Kettlebell Carlos from the internet fame. And Carlos is great. Carlos hooked us up with Wildman. And Wildman asked us, and he liked our stuff, and he said, can you make a fatter handle? He's a big guy. He's like, can you make a fatter handle? And I'm like, all right, send me, send me the specs. How much fatter is his handle compared to your original fat handle? Okay, so the his handle is at 1, and I think it's 7 sixteenths. It's 1.4. So it's close to like one and seven sixteenths. Okay. And uh, our regular fat handle is just over uh, uh, an inch and three sixteenths. Okay. There I really like, like your original fat handle. I, you know, I have them, as you know. And yeah. I mean, I like both. The, that smaller handle is great. But uh, what did wildman like so much about having this fatter handle what was he looking for he's looking for uh more of a grip purchase you know to challenge the grip a little more get a little more forearm work in there it's not that you have to use this equipment because obviously he's a big he's a he's like a smaller like you're not like some dudes are like big for a small guy and some people are small for a big guy he's small for a big guy he's like 6'2 230 and he's got big hands he is so yeah. He's 230? Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't know he was, like, a large human being like that. Two, yeah, yeah. Six he's, foot two. Yeah, he's 6'2", 230. Holy you know, big farm cow, boy man. from Ohio. I did you not know, know so, him. And he's so freaking super smart, too. Yes, he is. Like, he is too uh, smart. He's too he's, smart. Yeah, he's like a – I can't remember. It's a chemical engineer yeah, or a right. biological chemist or something like that. But he's in that form of I've engineering. Been, I've been trying to get a hold of him because what I'm trying to do is fire up a history series on the podcast here. And I need him to call into the podcast because he knows about all the ancient shit, like that crazy, like he knows about what was going on 4,000 years ago. And yeah. I, I need, I need him. 
Hey everybody, if you're looking for new fitness equipment to add to what you have and you want to find something that really complements the steel mace that you're swinging already, consider going with freedomstrength.us. They have strongman sandbags, throwing sandbags, uh, all kinds of lifting gear. They have training sandbags, resistance bands, and weight vests, and they have apparel. And if you use the discount code SMN10 at checkout, you're going to get 10% off. You're going to help support the podcast and you're going to help support a good American company right in Pennsylvania, U.S. of A. So check out freedomstrength.us. Like right away so I can record, get this up front as the thing progresses. So you talk to him, please tell him to contact me. I'll be talking to him today because we're sending out a new piece of equipment that uh, we want him to take a look at. Okay. And uh, so that's where Sebastian is right now. So he's probably going to come walking in with a bag of lunch for us too. Ooh. So, so yeah, oh yeah, nice Brazilian food today. Oh, don't eat in front of me, Don, because I'm trying um, not to eat too much in the middle of the day, and and you're going to get me all. Are you doing? Are you doing the, the like the warrior type of diet? Uh, no, I'll tell you, it's very, I'm doing the firefighter diet. Okay. Because, <laughs> because I was doing bodybuilding style eating. I would eat every two to three hours, which is great uh -huh. for building muscle and having energy and everything like that. But what happens, Don, if I'm at the firehouse and I miss a meal and I'm stuck at a fire, I turn for to seven shit. hours. Yeah. I turn to shit. I, I, I go hypo. I was going yes. hypo and stuff. So I was like, I, this is not practical for me. And plus, I'm getting older. So maybe I am doing something like a warrior diet, but I have a good breakfast in the morning. And seriously, if I have anything else before dinner, it'll be something right around lunch, like a light shake with a banana. Gotcha. Gotcha. I be, I, I cut down my food a lot, too. You know, like for, you know, like if. You were saying like how you 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 know like if you miss that meal if you're doing the bodybuilding thing, when I was doing like the force feeding, and I was doing like seven thousand calories a day, and I was trying to gain a lot of size, get you know to that area of powerlifting where I wanted to be the larger, bigger guy, and I was carrying a lot of weight on me. I was at Disney with my at my ex wife at it was was my wife at the time she's my ex now, and my kids. And we're walking around and we, we had uh, like reservations for lunch in Morocco. And I'm 248 pounds and I'm like stomping around Disney, you know, like getting off. And I start running down and I'm like, oh, man, well, there's a hot dog cart over here because it was at the it was at the, the studio area where the big Mickey Mouse ears are on the water tower. What is that? I, I don't even know the name of the studio. So we're over in that area and. They had like a New York City street scene and there was a hot dog cart vendor there. And so I buy a hot dog and, and my wife at the time, she's like, you're going to ruin your lunch. You're going to ruin your lunch. And my daughters are like just about eight years old at the time. And one of them turns around and says, Ma, daddy eats like 12,000 calories a day. <laughs> because there is, have you seen him not, you know, like stop eating? And I, but I remember being so fatigued at that point that I actually got mad at the fact that she was telling me I'm going to ruin my life. So it's like, you know, like it's, it, it, it's, it must be like akin to that same thing when people say, 
quiet and nobody in the history of the world ever calmed down when you told them that, you know, just be quiet and calm down. <laughs> right. right and, yes. and I, like I was like, oh, my God, I, I'm going to eat the kids, you know, like I'm did starving. You, did you eat the hot dog? Oh, yeah, yeah hell yeah. I had and sex. how did you feel afterwards? I went right, we went, I think a half hour later, better. better okay. A half hour later, we, we walked from there over to Epcot to go to Morocco for lunch. Okay. So okay. like, but <laughs> right. but prior to that, I would have probably been bitching the whole way, you know, like, oh my god, I'm starving. Well, you know, that's like, the thing, man. That's the thing. You can't. That's it, that doesn't work. Like you, you were on a mission back then, and it's yes. all understood. And you know, great. But when you got other things going on in your life, now you run your business. You're in your office right there. I mean, you can't be going hypo while you're trying to deal with like um, a shipping problem or, you know, uh, you know, you're trying to get a bunch of orders out and you're like, oh, but I didn't eat yet. First, I need to eat. And you got people waiting on you. You got to be a little bit more nimble, like almost like um, adaptable, right? You got to be adaptable. Yeah. yeah. So like my, my food, my, my eating now is I'm trying to get the fasting in from the nighttime, but I eat up until like midnight. I mean, I will eat up until midnight. If there's food around the house, I'll just eat it. Yeah. Thank God! Thank God! It's been like two and a half months. I gotta say, I'm clean and sober off the peanut butter. <laughs> All right. Congratulations, I, uh, dude! I was I was hammering a four pound jar a week. That's like thirteen thousand calories. Yeah. I took that out of my diet. I thought I was gonna be like shredded and ripped, nah. But anyway, you know, like I was like, yeah, I'm going to have my Florida, like, you know, like cool dad bod, you know, like going out to the beach, you know, because, all right, cool granddad bod, you know, like, you know, so like, I'll be honest. So, you know, like I'm doing that and I'm like, damn, you know, I got to tighten up my, uh, my food, you know, my, my uh, food intake, like my protein and stuff like that. But I've been, I've been like skipping breakfast. I've been eating breakfast and then it messes me up at lunchtime. Like I feel full at lunchtime still and we have a fedex schedule pickup at two o'clock so sometimes they come a little before two sometimes they come after two but it's always like right in that area where it's like bam gotta pack all these boxes for fedex because they're coming to get them yeah and then you know like so you work across that lunchtime the traditional lunchtime area now it's two o'clock the guy comes and i'm like all right i'll eat lunch now so i get like some days, like, I'll eat bad. Like, you know, you know, it's not really bad, but I'll get, like, a half a sub. And then at, you know, like, at 7 o'clock when it's time for dinner and Lisa's making dinner, I'm not hungry. Oh. You know, like, I'm kind of, like, forcing it, you know? Yeah. But then I found after, even if I force myself to eat a little dinner, like, three hours later, I'm eating again. But I'm trying to get that from midnight until like, you know, like one in till, till noon the next day, All right. sort of a fasting. Like this morning, I had a little piece of turkey sausage just to take some supplements with, you know, and my coffee. So, All right. you know, yeah, so because I'm eating for reality instead of like athletic training. And yeah. And that's, that's great. And, and as you can see, we kind of like do the same thing. We're, we're avoiding meals, but at different times of the day, for some reason, it works better for me during the afternoon when I'm really busy and I'm kind of like wired and stuff. And at night I just eat whatever I want. Pretty much. I'll, I'll crush, you know, but during are the day, you, are you crushing that four pound jar of peanut butter? No, I'm doing almond butter and I'm doing like a little bit, I'm doing a little bit, but <laughs> 
but got, what's oh, I do the I do the blood type diet too, and I'm not supposed to eat peanuts according to my blood type. Yeah. So almonds are okay. So almond butter was okay as long as it's not made with crappy oil. You know, I so like if that... it's got like cotton seed oil in it, don't eat it. Yeah, seed oils are bad. Very bad. Uh, I follow this guy, uh, carnivore diet or whatever, and he uh -huh. keeps pointing out like like a canola oil and all that stuff. Like they were using it for machine industry stuff. Like they, yeah, dude, you know? Crisco, Crisco was the same way too because yeah. you know they didn't want to use the the oil reserves right. to make grease, so they used Crisco. You know, like Crisco started out as a lubricant for like battle machinery, like tanks and cannons, right. And then somebody realized, you know, it's made from vegetables. You can eat it. But the, you know, the hydrogenated oils are bad. You know, right. Like they're they really bad. I had, a, I, I got an uncle that was, he was very smart. He was a machinist. And he was my, he was my mother's uncle, actually, my great uncle. And he used to like get mad at my mom for having margarine or Crisco around the house. He's like, that's one molecule away from plastic. This guy was really smart. One molecule away from what? Plastic. And he's like, how can you true? do that to your kids? And it's true. Yeah, it is one molecule away from plastic because plastics are derived from oils, yeah. um, basically petroleum oil. But, you know, like it right. can be made from right. vegetable oil, too, yes. like hemp oil. Ford had the car. Oh, Sebastian's here with the lunch. It's awesome. So, you know, even Ford had that hemp car where they made the fuel for it out of the vegetable oils. Like, you know, everything was in there, you know, was made from the, right. the plastics in there, the fiberglass that was for the body was made yeah. out of hemp fibers. And, and you know, it was, that was in 1948. It was sustainable. So you know, that, that, this is things that people don't realize, you know, especially younger people, they think everything was invented after the interweb, you know? Right. So they're like, oh, oh that didn't exist before. Oh, it did. You know, uh, everything exists. Yeah. All, all we much. live in since the internet has um, come out is we've just been a rerun of everything else. Well, that's all. Yeah. It's just pretty much all the same shit. Yeah, it is. With, with new twists on stuff, you know. Do you but, see um, that happening with fitness too? That happens with fitness, right? I mean, we we kind yes. of like tackled that. Uh, I mean, clubs and and shit like that used to be way back in the day, and then. Somehow we got into like using barbells and dumbbells and the barbell and dumbbell people are like, oh, this is far more superior, which yeah, depending on how you use it. Yes, it is. But no, it's not. It depends on what you want to do. Right. What you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, like I look at it this way that, you know, like if you're if you're people that did fitness 100 years ago. And earlier than that, and it was around then, you know, like gymnasiums have been around since the 1700s for people to exercise. And men and women both together exercise, especially in Europe. You know, people think it was Sexy. only like a male culture type of thing. And then there was also like string quartets that used to play in these places. Music. Because, you know, like for music and right. things like that. They were, you know, Get like a beat it was, going. And, and it was also a big social thing for the people that were involved in that, too. You know, there was poetry reading during it. You know, like people would people would sing and exercise, you know, and like in your rest time, you'd sing and and do marching and walking exercises. It was very regimented. You, you look at the social, old, so very social, very social. You look at the old Sokol stuff that came out of, you know, like what was, you know, the Ottoman Empire, but it was you know, present day Slovakia and the Czech Republic. 
you know, what was started over there. Those guys were really into fitness, which spread to, you know, the rest of the Slavic countries in Russia, et cetera, and, you know, branched its way through Europe. And it became a big, you know, like people in Paris, you know, like all this stuff was very big. Men all learned how to do some form of self-defense as part of their exercise. Yes. You know, gentlemen were doing this. It wasn't just like ruffians, just wasn't street people. So, you know, there was this whole physio culture, which was pretty grand, you know, up until that time. You know, like if you look back at the Victorian time, when they were training with clubs and, and weighted wands, they called them, was like a walking staff. They also doubled as weapons. Yeah. Clubs, clubs, if you couldn't afford a sword, you could use the wooden version, but you use the same movements as sword fighting. And you could defend yourself with an Indian club against a sword. You know, there was guys that would kick your ass with that stuff, or even women, you know? So then the advent of the adjustable barbell you know prior to that was those big circus barbells with the big globe weighted and you had to have a hundred of them kind of like you know i think kind of like a um, chinese made steel mace you got to have like a hundred of them exactly yes the universal chinese mace and then ucms yeah just slap a different sticker on it and um you know like like you look at stuff like that and and it when it came towards the barbell and they made the adjustable barbell. I don't know who did it, but I think York was the one that like really promoted it. It might've been that guy, Bob Hoffman, you know, in the twenties, mid twenties, you know, it was probably during a depression time. Somebody said, Hey, wait a second. What if you could load weights on the end of it? Well, that was really smart. But also too, back in that Victorian time, there were clubs that were hollowed out that you could put weights inside a wooden shell. You know, I wasn't the first one to invent the adjustable weight club. I was the first one probably to market it this heavily and have this design, I think. I haven't come across the same design. Most of them were in like a case. You know, like it was like, um, we allude to it here as the coffin design. You know, you have a you have a, a case and then you put stuff inside it and seal up the end somehow. And some of them had a dynamic load with a spring inside almost like something goofy as a shape weight, you know? <laughs> right, right. I, I mean, like, really. I mean, you could probably get a good workout with a shape weight if you didn't use it as goofy as what they suggested. You know, yeah. like, the easiest way possible. But you got a weight in your hand. You can do something with yeah. it. And that vibration thing is probably like an offset, you know, where, like, if you were moving it, like, in a mill pattern, let's say, it might create a different dynamic. You know, but they didn't take it to that. They marketed it to the lowest common denominator oh just go like this with it and feel the vibration and that's going to help you yeah but i'm sure there was something that somebody thought of you know before that because there was these live action weights there was a guy on youtube that just he's like a an exercise equipment historian and he just did a, a video of that 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 style of that but also too in that style of training Prior to the barbells, people actually trained for real fitness. They didn't train to enhance their athleticism, although it did. That was a byproduct of it. You know, fighters back then didn't lift weights because they thought it made them move slower. And that was common belief up until about the 1970s. So, you know, like you didn't have boxing. Oh, that'll slow me down if I lift weights. Oh, I'll get bigger and heavier. And I'll have to, you know, that's harder for me to jog then with another 20 pounds of muscle. 
plus I'm fighting in a different weight division. So people train for athleticism, that movement, joint movement, patterns of movement, keeping their joints healthy, able to use a reasonable amount of weight, you know, like a, like an actual, you know, like how many times, honestly, how many times a day does the average person, average people don't move worth of shit nowadays. All right. How many people are really picking up a 300 pound object and like have to deadlift it over and over again, if they aren't working on a construction site and then even on a construction site, how many people are doing that nowadays? You know, that's, I worked on construction sites for 15 years. No, nobody's doing it. You know what I mean? You might be carrying 80 pound bags of concrete. You might be doing something like that, but a reasonably managed load. Nobody's taking, you know, 300 pounds and walking around with, you know, there's, but walking around with 50 pounds, you might have a suitcase one day. You might, you know, like, so the, Training for real life purposes is much different, but than athletics, but not to say that it won't benefit athleticism, <laughs> if that makes sense. Okay. So like yeah. back in the day, I used to refer to as, well, muscle and fitness was the Bible for us when we were kids to train. Came out in 1975. We were all young. You got muscle and fitness. Holy crap. I don't got to go to a dirty bookstore. I can get this. Then I realized that after I was in, you know, 40 years old, that it really wasn't fitness because I was always in pain because I was training as heavy as possible for decades. And, and you know, like this is causing problems. Now I got big, strong. Yeah, I could rip a phone book in half. I could, you know, like take my girlfriends in one hand and press them over my head. Yeah. you know, Girlfriends. Like Mul multiple. And, yeah. I could jump flat foot over a bus bench, but if you asked me to run around that bus bench, I probably couldn't do it. Yeah. Because I was, you know, like I had no cardio, but I had all of this, you know, like power that was, you know, because I discovered bodybuilding. We were told by muscle and fitness that bodybuilding was the ultimate form of health. It, I don't think it is, you know, but. So, it, it, you know, we were told that we were sold basically at the time what they thought was the top tier. Even football players were starting to train like bodybuilders. I, I remember a bunch of articles in Muscle and Fitness in the early 80s about football players that these dudes were jacked. They could walk like right onto a bodybuilding stage. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, they were incredible looking lat spreads and everything. But did that really enhance their football playing? I, I, I can't really tell, you know, but, you know, like drill specific, like you see now, it evolved more science, more recovery aspects, you know, the cold water, the, the electrotherapy, you know, all the different things that they do for recovery are huge now. You know, the saunas, the swimming, all these things, um, the food, the nutrition. So, but as regular people, for us to be involved in training, let's say as a bodybuilder or a powerlifter, why are you doing that? You know, are you entering contests? If you're entering contests, yeah. If you have a desire to enter a contest, yeah. If you want to see what your body can do as a younger person, yeah. When you're 40 jumping into that, maybe you want to see what a 40-year-old can do or prove what a 40-year-old can do. That's a different story. But as for general health and wellness and fitness, 
joint movement is the big thing. Club training, kettlebell training, stuff that's not massively heavier than what you would use during a regular day. A bag okay. of groceries. Yeah. You know, I might weigh 30 pounds. But, you know, like that, that's the thing. Okay, so, so I now I see what you're saying, and I'm thinking about um, Mark Ripito. Do you know Mark Ripito? He does. Yeah, uh, yeah familiar with him. Yeah, so he, he I, I listen to his podcast, and I've heard him say it a bunch of times. If you want to get better at running, or if you want to get better at stuff, uh, squat your body weight five times, like five reps, five reps, uh -huh. your body weight. So a 180-pound man, 190-pound man. <laughs> squats 180 whatever pounds five reps and he'll be a better runner so you're talking about like um a guy who's pursuing like two times or two and a half times his yes. body weight right he's going way off is he going to be much better at running because he could do two and a half times his body weight probably not it's going to be counterproductive at that point he's probably going to lose ability to run so I just wanted to throw that in there because what you're saying sounds good and I agree with you. And I think about what Ripito said, and this is, this is interesting because um, fitness is obviously, it, it depends on what you need to be fit for. I think there's, you know, like for what I got to do for my job is different than say somebody, a, yeah, doing somebody or a mailman. Right. Yeah. yeah. But within there, Ripito's uh, advice is squat your body weight five times, and then you'll be better at pretty much anything. Meanwhile, what you're saying is joint mobility and all this stuff comes into play, uh, avoid avoiding injuries and things like that, right? Yeah, that's what you try. You, you, so fitness is your – so, like, if you look at fitness as a part of your health system, all right, you're eating healthy, okay, and you're going to create fitness. Now, if, you're, if you don't have any athletic aspirations whatsoever from that, from that training, and I'm not saying strength training is bad. You know, it should be part of your periodization throughout the year. You should train for different things. If you're a regular human being, you know, like break up your training. Train heavy for three months out of the year. Get a nice recovery after that. You know, do the, do the work on your running after that, whether it's distance or sprinting. You know, and alternate those things, you know, like take different things, schedule it out throughout the year and do it and do it that way. Now, on the same token, I also compete in the competitions with the mace. So now I'm taking a a mobility tool, in other words, a strength and mobility tool, and I'm using it as a as as a as, it's basically a strength and power tool. Now we're going to measure against time you know, how many reps you can do. And it's a competitive aspect. Do I get hurt swinging the mace a little bit? Yeah, I get sore from that when I'm doing competitive training for my, you know, leading up to a mace competition. Right. I have to say that. Do I get hurt or sore, you know, over, and I'm talking overly sore. I'm not talking about like you feel like you worked. I'm talking about where you, you, I know you have squatted enough weight or deadlifted enough weight that the next day you couldn't get off the toilet. Right. I know oh, you've yeah. had that. Absolutely. All right. Why does the average person need to put their body through that sort of stress? 
unless you have a specific athletic goal or aesthetic goal that you are doing. And when you get to a certain point, you have to weigh it out. Is this counterproductive in my life or am I really attaining to this? You know, am I going to put my my life in this weird situation that, you know, like I'm training like a bodybuilder, but I'm never entering a contest because people who enter bodybuilding contests are really freaking serious about what they're doing. My daughter's going through it right now. I swear, sweetest girl in the world, she will eat your face if you say something wrong to her at the dinner table because she's eating like a piece of chicken this big yeah. and broccoli, like this much broccoli, and she hates everybody at the table yeah. right now. But she knows what it entails, and this is going to be like her 20th competition, and she's like, I oh. hate it and I love it at the same time. Yeah. Is she sore during this whole time? Dad, I can't move. You know, like the, the whole time she's sore, you know. She's and done 20 she, competitions? She, yeah. Wow. And she took years off. She's been out for like seven years, I think. So what is, what is it about – what is she – what's her driving factor here? Is she just like I'm climbing uh, the mountain because it's there or does she, she – She's like me. She finds a way to make an interest a business. Yeah. So like, so let's just say if she raced motorcycles, she'd own a motorcycle shop or, or a race shop. Okay. You know, she'd be prepping stuff like that. So she got into fitness at a young age because of working out in the garage with me. Uh, got into it when she went to, you know, like at high school, it developed more. She was into sports. She played like all different kinds of sports. Um, so when she got older, she wanted to work in the fitness industry because she was in the gym all the time. And and, you know, pretty girl in the gym who's got potential to be a bodybuilder, you know, good athlete. You know, people see this. So coaches would see her and be like, hey, you should go to bodybuilding contest. And they talked her into it and she kind of fell in love with that. You know, wow. uh, she she has teetered on like maybe I should do a little powerlifting, too. And, you know, and then she's like, oh, those girls are always hurt. And, you know, like, you know, that's a lot of weight and. You know, the drugs and everything else. She didn't want to she didn't want to get involved with it to that level right. because she's an she's an all-in person. Plus, now she still works in the fitness industry. She's been she's got a business in the fitness industry. It's more towards the bodybuilders, but she's in that area of the of the um, industry. And she started it, I think, four months before I started Addix. So, you know, she she's like a big player in this section of the fitness industry that she's in. And, uh, you know, she has to look a certain part. So they are getting, you know, with her meeting all these other bodybuilders and they're sponsoring them and they're and they're also influencers for her products. She is getting like, oh, I should start training again with these girls. You know, it'll be a lot of fun. And yeah. We can, Compete, so she got back into it after Whoa. like a seven-year hiatus. That's yeah. great. Uh, yeah. You know, good luck to her on her next endeavor there. I uh, Keep us updated on how that goes. And um, uh, if she ever wants to talk about it on the podcast, she knows where to find me, right here oh, at yeah, Stimmy's Nation. <laughs> I, I would love to just tap into what motivates a person to do uh, competitions because that is crazy stuff. I mean, I've talked to people off the podcast and 
I hear I've heard all kinds of crazy stories, you know, people depriving themselves, uh, eating a pickle right before they go on stage and their muscles getting really big from it. I'm yeah, going home with stall. pickles and I'm eating pickles. <laughs> I'm like, let me see if this works for me. But it's just it's crazy uh, when you look at it from the outside. But it's not as crazy when you hear somebody talking about it. So no, it's, it's that's not, really interesting. Yeah, it was funny that you mentioned that between like the bodybuilding shows they do the morning where they come out and then they pick who from that group is going to so like 30 girls come out in the morning and they're all posing and then who's going to be the finalist so she made the finals one time i think it was at the anna level competition which was a a, a really it was a, for the region it was a high ranking competition and uh we had taken her out for lunch after that and the guy that was the waiter there was a bodybuilder. Mm. So this dude comes over that's all jacked, and he's like, oh, you're in the bodybuilding competition at the, at the big high school? And she's like, yeah. He says, are, he goes, I see you're not eating anything except a salad. He goes, you're going to need a piece of cheesecake to go back on stage. And she's like, oh, that's right. It'll fill up my muscles and get me more vascular. Yeah. She ate the cheesecake. She gave him second place on that one. So, like, it was like, she's like, Blame it on the cheesecake. cheesecake. Yeah. <laughs> she, was, she goes, it was the cheesecake. I, you know, but she thinks she got second because of the cheesecake. She yeah. thought he was going to come in fifth. Yeah. So, oh, oh, yeah, oh she did great. better because of it. Oh, yeah. Okay. She felt like, yeah, she thought she was going to be fifth. Second but, place uh, is fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's – I can't wait to hear what uh, comes up next. Especially now, in Florida where we got so many bodybuilders here. And what about Mace Fest? You have it hanging up. We got two minutes left. Is Mace Fest, Mace Fest coming up? Oh, my God. I wish we could get something going with that. We got to talk to Frank DeMeo about that. That was probably the single most bestest yeah. Mace event I ever been to. Yeah, let's it do it, man. Weekend. Let's get this thing fired up. Oh, it was so much fun. You know, like it was in Sarasota. That area needs to have some tourism brought back in a, you know, like in a month or two. You know, that was an yeah. area that was hit by the uh, hurricanes. Uh, that's, so, I forgot you know, about that, yeah. You know, they got that area. So, you know, like maybe we could get something done with that. If anybody's listening to this, if you guys want to contact, you know, either me or Fred or Frank DeMeo at, at macefit.com, you know, I mean, it was, that was a super... Dude, everybody who came there was a presenter. Yeah. It was fantastic. There was like 40 people. Um, it was in 2019. And then because of COVID, it never materialized after that. Um, and it, it was just, I think it was 2000. Yeah, 2019. Yeah. So it, 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 that, was, that was a phenomenal thing. And every single, even the most quiet person One minute. got up and, and, and presented you know, said, talked about the Mason, showed it their favorite exercise and stuff. It's beautiful. Yeah, I think anybody in the Mace community can be a presenter. That's just the way the nature of it is. So, yeah. like Don said, anybody listening, uh, contact us if you want to see Mace Fest, Mace Fest come back. I wish I could say it properly. Uh, Don, anything else yeah. before we hang up? Uh, Zoom is going to uh, cut us off pretty soon. Uh, I don't know. Everybody should subscribe to Fred's channel. Support yeah, yeah, yeah. the community. Uh, get get this going. The more eyes we got on us and our thing over here, the more we're going to be recognized and people are going to be, we're going to create more clients, create more athletes, create more trainers, and get people just in a fun way of training for fitness sake. But there is the competitive aspect to it too. 
Right. You know, keep everybody moving. Keep everybody healthy. Good words, my friend. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We're going to see you at the next one. Don. 